0: Great. Can you hear me? Yes, I think you can. Yes, welcome to Gadara. I don't know if that's how you say it. really sorry. But yeah, welcome. And we're going to be looking at our passage all together this morning. So I'd like to start us with a quiz. Who do you think this is? And who do you think this person has authority over? So we're going to be talking a bit more about authority again today. Who's that? Yep, teacher, and who do they have authority over? Kids, yep, great, next one. Who's that? Yep, 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 and who do they have authority over? <laughs> yep, in theory, people in England, yep, uh, and the rest of the United Kingdom. And then next, per, next picture, who's that? The one on the right. Referee, yeah. And they have authority over the match, the game, don't they? Next picture. Who's that? Yep, a parent, yep. And who do they sometimes have authority over? (laughs) Children, yes. Yep, yep. And the last one, the one sitting down, who might that be? Might be the boss, yep, yep. And she has authority over her employees, yep. Uh, so, why do we say they have authority? Why do we say that? What does it mean? It's not a trick question. When they say something, people do something, don't they? So, when they say something, people do something. So, um, yeah, the boss, when they say something, the employees say, do something. When the parents say something, sometimes the kids do something. That's what we mean. That's why we say they have authority. And one of the things that we've noticed as we've been going through this chapter in Matthew that we've been going over uh, the last few weeks, this, this year in fact, is the authority that Jesus has. He had incredible authority, hasn't he? You know, we saw it in his words and his teaching. But now we're also seeing it in the things that he does and his actions too. So let's have a look at our passage. So we're still in Matthew 8, and it's uh, page 973, I think, in the Nice Blue Bibles. And I'm going to point out three things that this passage shows us this morning, three things that we can take away from it, but I'm going to need some help. So I believe I've got a Jesus you able to stand up, Jesus? And I believe I have a couple of demon possessed people as well. Do you mind coming up? <laughs> um, so, uh, Jesus, do you want to come and stand near me? That would be great. Thank you. That's great. And, uh, demon possessed people, you live, okay, I know it's not historically accurate, but you live in the, um, yeah, in the tombs over there, okay? Great, and we'll come to you in a second. So, when he, that's Jesus, uh, arrived at the other side in the region. So, I'm reading from verse 28. Okay, sorry. When he arrived at the other side in the region of Gadarenes, two demon-possessed men coming from the tombs met him. So, here you go. So, you meet Jesus. It says here they were so violent that no one could pass that way. So, they're so violent that everyone is a bit afraid of them and doesn't want to go where they are. And then they asked to Jesus, what do you want with us, son of God? They shouted. What do you want, to... do you want with us, son of God? <laughs> this is some good acting. Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Have you come here to Have you come here to torture us before the appointed time? Great. And the next bit, I'm going to need a bit more help. So if you have already made a pig mask and would like to be part of it, that's fine. Some distance from there, there was a large herd of pigs that was feeding. Who would like to be a pig? Who's got a pig mask? Would you like to feed here? Okay. Would you like to, if you've got a pig mask yet, do you want to stand there and just feed for a minute? That's it. That's great. Oh, yep, yeah, and that one as well. Yep, where's my pig? Here we go. So if you come over here, come over here if you want to be a pig. And we're just going to eat for a bit, okay? Right, we're, we're feeding, we're just eating. Nom, 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 nom. There we go, do you want to take this one? There we go. Okay, so some distance from there was a large herd of pigs was feeding. The demons begged Jesus, if you drive us out, send us into the herd of pigs, if you drive us out, send us into that herd of pigs. And Jesus said, you ready? This is your big line. Go. Go. That's it. We'll do it again. You ready? Go. You it? Know Go. Brilliant. And so they came out of these men. And they went into the pigs, and the whole herd, are you ready? The whole herd rushed down a steep bank into the lake. Does anyone want to go into the lake? This is, this is our, our, our leg, lake. And they died in the water. Sorry. <laughs> they died in the water. Okay, so the first thing that we notice again in this passage is Jesus' authority, yeah? We see it again. All that Jesus had to say was, go. All that Jesus had to say was, go. And um, the demons left and went into the pig. We know. That, we notice also, did you see, that the demons knew exactly who Jesus is? Did you see that? They say that he is the son of of God. They know exactly who Jesus is. And they're quite scared of him, aren't they? They say, please, please, please don't torture us. Can we go into the pig? They know that Jesus has complete power over them. They don't even argue about that. They just know it's true. It's a fact. Jesus has authority over them. They know it's true. It's a fact. And they know that a time is coming when Jesus will torture them and destroy them. And so they plead with Jesus, there's some great acting over there, please be gentle, please be gentle, uh, can we go into the peaks? Please can we go into the peaks? And what does Jesus do? All that Jesus does was say the words, go. All that Jesus did, go. And that's how much authority Jesus had. All he said was go. I think that's something that's really struck me as we've been reading this passage but also the whole of chapter 8 just how much authority and power jesus has with just his words he can heal he can calm storms do you remember last week he has authority over supernatural in teaching miracles healing he has the power and authority and we saw do you remember right at the start we thought about the man with leprosy the storm last week and today even the demons so that's the first thing I wanted us to see this morning. Jesus has power and authority, even over things that we can't see. Okay. So secondly, I want us to have a think about the men that Jesus healed. What do we know about them? Well, the passage says that they were so violent, do you remember, so violent that no one could pass. They were actually banished from the community. That's why they're over here with the tombs, Because they couldn't be with the community. They were excluded. They were so violent. They were excluded. And Jesus, what did Jesus do? He healed them, didn't he? But this healing was even more, actually, than them being healed from the demons. They were restored because now these guys can come and be back in the community. Now they are healed, they can come back. So there's even more than the healing, there's the restoration. And we've seen that, haven't we, again and again in the story of Jesus' life. His real concern for the sick, for the poor, and the vulnerable. We saw it a few weeks ago, as you said, with the man with leprosy. Jesus does more than just healing. He restores. And he has a real care for the sick and the poor. What does that mean for us? Well, if the poor and the vulnerable are important to Jesus then they're important to us too, aren't they? And that's one of the reasons that, as a church, we support things like street pastors that we've spoken about this morning and other charities like Scratch and Basic Bank because they care for the poor and the vulnerable. What can we do? What can we do? What more can we do? These are important to Jesus, so they should be important to us, Right? There's the winter shelter that's just started. I think it started yesterday, and they're looking for volunteers. That's, again, helping the poor and the vulnerable. What more can we do? If it's important to Jesus, it's important to us. Right, we're going to come back in just a minute, but first I'm going to leave that question with you, and we're going to sing a song. Great, thank you guys. Okay, so we've been thinking that Jesus has the authority, haven't we, over things that we can't see? And we've also seen that Jesus cares and restores the vulnerable. Lastly, what I'd like us to think about is the response of the people that, um, the people to seeing Jesus restore these two, demon, uh, two men with demons. So, back to your Bibles. Verse 33, those tending the pigs ran off, went into the town, so the farmers, they went into the town and reported all that had happened to the demon-possessed men. Then the whole town went out to meet Jesus and they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to man. No, I don't just have a different translation, I am not telling the truth. That is not what happened, sorry. What actually happened is, and when they saw him, they pleaded with him to leave the region. When they saw that, they pleaded with him to leave the region. Having seen what Jesus had just done, and rescued these guys, the whole town was afraid. They saw how costly and dangerous this Jesus person could be. For one farmer, you've got to feel a bit sorry for him. Jesus coming to town had cost him his whole livelihood, all the pigs, all his assets, right? His business. Following Jesus is not an easy road. It's a decision that we have to make. There's no sort of middle ground. The people of the town, they could see that. They get it. They couldn't just ignore this Jesus person who'd come into their town. They had to decide what to do. He was disrupting the world that they knew. They had to make a decision. How are they going to respond to this Jesus? What would they do with him? Now, I want to ask you, how do you make a difficult decision? How do you make a difficult decision? If you have got a big one. Who here has had to decide which school or University to go to? Who here has had to decide which school or University to go to? Who here has had to decide which job to take? Who here struggles to decide what to have for dinner? (laughs) How do you make these big decisions? How do you make these big decisions? I like to to count the pros and the cons. I like to think of the reasons why it's a good reason to do something, and I like to think of the reasons why it's not such a good reason. And I like to, to make these decisions, weighing those things up, so that I know when I make a decision, those are the consequences. Those are the good things, and those are the difficult things about the decision that I make. And we have a decision to make here too. What are we going to do about Jesus? Following Jesus isn't just something that we add on top of our lives. It is our lives. We might be thinking, oh well, uh, I'm going to go to university, I'm going to get a nice job, a partner, a house and a car, and then I'll add following Jesus on top of that. We can't do that. We're to follow Jesus, and then we can see where that takes us. Following Jesus is life-changing. Life-changing. Which is what makes it scary, yeah? But also what makes it really exciting. It's only through following Jesus that we can know the joy of living in relationship with God. That we can find true hope, meaning, Joy and purpose. Following Jesus isn't just a matter of what we believe. It's how we live. It's how we think. It is everything. And the people in that town, they understood that. They realized this Jesus is not for us. They weren't prepared to follow Jesus. And we've got a decision to make too. Following Jesus is the most exciting decision that we can ever make. It brings us that real joy and love that we long for. But it changes everything. What will you decide?